Welcome back to another episode of Let's Have a Sip. I'm your host, Sean Drinks. And we're live. <laughs> That's just what I say when we start. So That's all right. <laughs> Cheers to you, brother. Happy birthday. Appreciate Thank you, you very much. On. Yeah. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. So right before we got on, we were talking about uh, you know, the video that you posted and how much I really appreciated what it is that you fucking posted because you know that shit's deep it's not easy to yeah. talk about well it's for me it was always one of those things I, i've kind of anyone that's around me a lot always knows me as like a much more stoic and stern person um and i feel like it uh it carries a different weight when you see someone uh that is normally that composed um be willing to kind of open up about things like that and just be like yeah you know i'm aware that i look like the man all the time uh but there are a lot of times where it's just like i you know i feel like shit and you know it i i feel like it carries so much more weight coming from someone like that as opposed to like someone that's just constantly in their emotions um i feel like it's just it, it's a very different impact um you know it's it's like i I always joke around you know if we had that one parent that never got angry the one time they got angry it was like oh shit mom's mad please run <laughs> so no, it, um, I, yeah no, no i yeah no i i mean i i i totally can resonate with everything you said to to a degree yeah. to a degree so um you know because i feel like society has raised a lot of and i'm speaking now so everything that i'm saying is specific towards men right beca- yeah because to a degree, I feel like society has, and I'm putting this in quotes for everyone that's watching, yeah. <laughs> is ra- has raised men because, like, it's like, yeah. you know, fucking throw dirt on that shit, man. Just keep fucking moving forward. You know, don't don't yeah. don't talk about your feelings. And that's one thing. As I've gotten older, is I- I'm going to talk about my fucking feelings. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've talked about my fiance uh, to my fiance about it is like, you know, how I'm feeling, wh- like whether it be something so minuscule as like right and this is a very weird example but if it's something so minuscule as like leaving the cabinet door open yes or something of that what i don't really know exactly how i'm trying to explain that but like that's because that's one thing that i've done before is like i've left the cabinet door open right a multitude of times and she's like are you gonna fucking close that shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i'm sorry i was doing something else and it's like if 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 there's something that is on your heart yeah or something that is bothering you and you don't talk about it yeah eventually that's just gonna fucking blow up and it's gonna have some repercussions unfortunate like suicide like you had talked about with your friend or yeah well it's 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 also i think you know a lot of it carries so much more of an impact again um, you know, for men, because it's, and again, this is not, you know, in any way like shitting on women or, or what opportunities they have for mental health. It's just, it's how it is. It, it really is. You know, there's, I always joke around, there's two worlds out there. There's the world as it is, and there's the world, the way you wish it was. You can only act accordingly for one of those things. And yeah. if you act the way you wish the world was in the world that it actually is, bad shit's probably going to happen to you. So it's one of those things where it's like, we've just been brought up where it was, you know, I grew up with two very, um, 
two very stern and serious men uh, in my life between my father and my grandfather. And it was, uh, it, it was that constant. It was never, you know, it, it was never, how do you feel? Because, you know, being a male, we're constantly raised that we provide, that is our job. It does not matter. And the thing with, you know, being a provider or, you know, quote unquote, a breadwinner or things like that, it's, uh, you know, your, your feelings aren't going to pay the bills. You know, I, I grew up very much, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel. You have a job to do today, whether it was when I was playing college baseball, uh, whether it was when I was just growing up, getting ready to go to school, uh, whether it was my career, uh, my job, it was always a matter of your feelings aren't going to pay your bills. You cannot go to the electric company and just be like, I'm sorry, you know, I was depressed this month. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go to work. It's one of those things where it's just been generation after generation. And I still find myself definitely erring more towards the old school than what the modern day has pushed it to where it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I, I think people need to talk about their feelings, but I also, there's part of me in my head. Like when I see like a man that can't control his emotions, um, that is just like, that's, you weren't raised with a dad, were you? Because it's just one of those things where it's like, that's still, as much as I am, am very vocal about things like that, I also don't want it to turn into the thing where you take it to the opposite end of the extreme, where you then end up with someone who's emotionally weak and can't, you know, handle the day-to-day -day stress. They can't handle, you know, when bills come due and, and you're living paycheck to paycheck, when they can't handle someone dying. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I also don't want it to go to that end. And I think a lot of times it goes to that ultimate showing of not controlling your emotion in suicide because we don't have that ability, um, or I shouldn't say ability, the societal acceptance to speak about how we're feeling. And that ends up being kind of that powder keg, so to speak. So it's, yeah. it, that's always been my thing with it, man, is I just, I don't want, um, you know, because I've always been a, a pretty, like, when you, when you see me in person at events and things like that, you, my world could be falling apart and you have no clue. And I've always really prided myself on that. So the ability to let people know, like, yeah, even though it looks like that, I'm falling apart. <laughs> like, it's okay. You know, and it's, I, I set a line in my video yesterday that I, I tell a lot of people when they come up to me, you know, the best part of it being the worst day of your life is it can only get better. It really can. The that's the beauty of it. The worst day of your life ends. So it's just I, I just I never wanted anyone to have to go through, you know, those feelings by themselves. Um, just because I did it. Um, and it's not it's not healthy, it's not fun, you know. Yeah. And and, and I don't want anyone to lose anyone because of that feeling. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I, I like it it was very like, I don't really know how to describe it, but like the fact that you posted that video, I don't, it's, it's weird to say, but it made me excited because I've been talking about it so much here recently yes. with like a lot of my personal, like with my close friends mm -hmm. and I bring it up on I every fucking episode that I bring on, like every yeah. fucking, ep that the, the, the people that I bring on here, I, I just talk about it because it, it's, it's like, it's very taboo. Yes. 
So what well, it's it, there, there's so many things. Cause it's like, we grew up where, you know, if one of your friends is having a bad day and, and they're kind of in their feelings, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? You're acting gay. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what we grew up with. And it was never, and again, in this modern day, you have to say it all the time. It's like, it, it was never anything mean. It, yeah. it wasn't us like bashing someone. It was just like, dude, you're acting like a woman, figure it out. It, it was just always that way. And it, it was like you said, you know, the whole rub some dirt on it. Like, it's just I, the phrase push it down. has <laughs> been like drilled into the frontal lobe of my brain. Where it's just, that's the whole joke about men. You know, we just bottle everything up inside and have a heart attack at 50 and then get our 401k. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked. It's fucked all yeah. the way up. It's fucked all the way up. So, um, well, and it's just, and a lot of times, like I said, you see the people that do talk about it are, are usually a, a tad bit more um, sensitive types. So to see someone um, that, in no way could be described as a sensitive person uh, to then um, be open about that. I think um, carries just a little extra weight. And I actually used to be, uh, you know, I, I talked about it in the video. I was insanely vocal about all that um, for a very long time. And then as my page and following and career got larger and larger, it became a bit more overwhelming. I became a little more transient. Um, and then, yeah, I was at an event in Tampa and I've got a good friend of mine who I'll actually tag when I post this, uh, named Justin Jacoby. And, uh, he was saying, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I ever connected to was the fact that you're you, you have all this going for you and you were still like, yeah, guys, like I'm fucked up, man. Like I've got enough screws loose and I haven't figured out how to build something beautiful out of them yet. Um, and, and that just, that connected with him. Uh, in, in a way that it took what I was doing so much further than my career. Um, and I've always said that's one of the biggest differences uh, between me and most people in my industry is the fact that like, I am that personality. Like I'm a nor like I'm a regular guy. You know, I, I always joke around when people meet me and they're like, dude, you're so much more chill than we expect. I'm like, do you think I was going to fucking levitate or something, man? Like, I, I'm not floating on water here, guys. Like, I, I take pictures for a living. Like, I'm not, I have no reason to have an ego. <laughs> that's, that's the fucking weird thing about, like, um, not, not saying that you're a celebrity, but, I mean, that's the weird thing about, like, people that are on social media. Yes. Or, or actors, actresses, whatever. They treat them like they're fucking aliens. It's weird. So. It's, it's yeah, weird. It's, yeah, exactly. It's I, well, I was talking to Stacy last night. I had a young photographer that came up to me at an event uh, in Chattanooga, actually, uh, weeks ago. Well, now I guess it's been months. My time runs together. And he came up and he said, you know, you're my idol. And I just stopped him. And I said, don't ever fucking call me that again. Please. I said, I'm not saying this meanly. Don't ever call me that again. I'm like, I take pictures. I'm just further along in my book than you are. I was like, you know, my, you know, I, I, I've told people plenty of times how I get my level check on a daily basis is my sister is a respiratory therapist in the ER with dying children. And my brother's a firefighter EMT. Like they are changing the world. I'm taking photos. Like there, there's a very big difference and I get it. That's not to discredit the feeling people get from my photos that make them connect to it in any stretch. It's one of those things where it's, 
it, it kind of inspired my constant saying of, you know, I don't take myself serious. I take what I do serious. That that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that presses a button and I'm just hoping no one figures out. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that That's a fucking crazy thing about is like, like life is like, yeah, you can look up to someone that you think is fucking like, you know, they got their shit together in all yeah. reality. They don't fucking know what the fuck is going no. on. There's no so, such thing as adults. There's kids that got bigger and dude, got more problems. That's I fucking, it. I fucking feel like that every day. Like you see this fucking Spider-Man I got above me yeah, for everyone right. watching on YouTube. Like that was my shit growing up. Like Marvel comics. Dude, fuck. <laughs> you can't see it because it's a fixed webcam, but around me, uh, what I do is I will go to used bookstores and I'll get all, you know what Funko pops are? Oh, fuck yes. And I get the ones from my childhood. So I've got Brad Pitt from Fight Club holding the bar of soap. The White Ranger, Stacy's holding. Okay. You know, I've got the Joker. <laughs> I've got Heath Ledger's Joker. I've got Axl Rose and Slash from Guns N' Roses. I've got Leonardo, the Ninja Turtle. Casey Jones, the hockey mask. Okay. Razor, Razor Ramon from WWF. Hell yeah. That's actually a Funko of Stacy that she painted for me for Christmas. No shit. Wait, how do you? Yeah. Fucking dope. She, she found uh one <laughs> that was a witch, and then she painted the hair purple and blue to match hers. I've got you know Marty McFly on the hoverboard from Back to the Future. Um, uh, yeah, I've got the Rock from the '90s WWF when he wore the Versace silk shirt. <laughs> I fucking I, love it, man. I was joking around. I, you know, it's it, it's like I said in that. You know, everyone I think fears um getting older because. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't think um, they actually fear the getting closer to death because they don't think about that on a daily basis. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is they fear not having youthful appearance anymore. And I was joking with her. I turned 30 yesterday and I feel eight. I'm just, I'm a big ass kid that happens to make enough money to have whatever I want. That That's it. Like, I just, I get to buy all the shit I wanted when I was a kid. So it's just, nah, man, I, no one has their shit together. No, I, I told no. her, I know, I know drill sergeants that are just emotionally out of touch. I know counselors that are mentally soft. You know, I know world-class bodybuilders that their minds are breaking down. And I know world-class psychologists that bodies are breaking down. It's like everyone is failing in some sense. We just have compartmentalized reality into this little five and a half inch tall box in our pocket and we just see all these highlight reels that make people feel like shit about their own life because they don't have that same mindset like oh i'm only showing them highlight reels why do i think they're showing me the bad shit yeah that, that's that's what fucking social media is man it's yeah it's fucking highlight reels that's just yeah. how it is i mean that, that's it I always laugh when people are just like, you never miss a photo. I'm like, are you fucking out of your mind? I could show you all like just the raw files from concerts when I shoot them. It's like you just see that one perfect photo. Yeah. That took 600 to get. That, that, that's it. And that's kind of where that video got inspired from is I want, I want people to know the worst parts. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want, I want yeah. them to know that's normal. Yeah. And I like, so I woke up like I'm I'm an early bird. I mm. fucking wake up so early and I woke up and I was like, bro, 
I fucking love this right now. Like, yeah. I don't know what it, everything about it was just raw, and that's what I fucking love. And yeah. I feel like that's like kind of like what it is that I'm doing with this podcast, even though I yeah. didn't really realize it once I started. It was like just being raw and just fucking being who you are. Right. You know, yeah, you well, know what I'm saying? That's, and that's why I don't make any cuts and edit like i had a few people that were just like i love that you left the what the fuck part in it when i thought my camera had cut out because my phone had disconnected from it yeah and you got up and walked and you were like oh yeah, well, yeah so and it's like now you all see my usual demeanor of what the fuck <laughs> it, it's just that was just that is me on a daily basis and that's kind of what i joke about in there and it doesn't matter if i'm filming a reflection video in my backyard on my own or if I'm in the room with, you know, a CEO, it's I'm the exact same person and I am constantly saying what the fuck about fuck, something. Fuck yeah. No, I, I love that shit. So uh, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to connect with that in some way. Man. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So I'm going to re rewind a little bit because um, I started something new with what I'm doing and okay. uh, I fucking forgot to do it as soon as as soon as I started. But um I kind of do like a rapid review of okay. what it, whatever it is that I'm drinking on each episode. So um, I am not a connoisseur at all, but I just fucking love bourbon. That's all. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, Wolves Collaboration. Mm -hmm. It is a uh, blend of straight rye whiskey. And uh, this shit is good. If you can find some, get some, everybody. So um yeah, it's just fucking phenomenal. Have you had the chance to to try this at all? I don't know if you I haven't yet. Um we've had a few things uh in the lounge lately that have really stuck out actually. Um but it that that has not come in the lounge just yet. Um we we've had a few just kind of out of the blue though lately that have really just kind of it's it's one of those blow your socks off type bourbons. So speaking of blow your socks off, Duran told me that you have like a 500 year old bourbon that you got from Buffalo Trace. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was talking about the OFC. Um, no, no, oh, no, 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 it wasn't OFC. It was like a, like, like a distillery. You, so you, apparently in your past, you used to date someone that was a, a blood relative of Buffalo Trace. Is he, was he fucking with no, me? No, 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 no. Okay. So I know exactly what he's talking about. It was. It was the experimental batch of OFC is exactly what he's talking okay. about. And what it was is it was a Christmas gift years ago in a um, those little. Uh, have you ever bought an experimental set that you can get on the shelf where they come in the little bottles? And, yes. and they're not they're not 750s. They're not quite 375s. There's something underneath that, maybe 250 milliliters or something like that. Yeah. And essentially what they would do is leading up the five years before tapping the barrel they would tap it once a year to see where the flavor was at and then they would bottle some of that as an experimental for the staff well, at the time the young lady i was with was working at uh the a place called the woodford inn um or a lot of people call it addies which is what it's technically named on the sign it's a bed and breakfast in the center of the bourbon trail oh shit. Um, it's where I met Julian Van Winkle. Um, that, that's a funny story I'm sure we can get into here in a minute. Um, but what would happen is the people there uh, at, at the distillery, what they would do is they would hand it out to staff 
um, being an experimental because they just wanted to see, is it on the right path flavor profile wise? And then they would just give it out to family it, or I'm sorry, to staff. If there were people not on staff um, and there were some left over that they knew, they would contact them and ask them if they wanted some. Uh, well, the the young lady, she had just gotten a job at Woodford Reserve, actually, at the time, uh, and had gotten one of those experimental bottles. Uh, she gave it to her mother, Carrie, and then that was a gift for me. And that's what I had brought in, because I remember I got uh, quite a few messages, uh, I don't know, three, four days later, of you couldn't have waited a fucking week, man, for me to get back. And uh, it, it was it was just really neat. Um, to see people get to try something that, you know, otherwise they don't really get to try, you know, it, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm sure you've had, or you're having my buddy, Andy Peters on here. I, I would love to have him on here. Have not had the opportunity. Andy is a fucking dude. He's fucking dope. Yeah. Man. Andy, Andy's the closest thing I have here to blood. Yeah. Um, and Andy's my brother. It's, it's, and, and it's one of those things where I take, I don't want to say I take so much of my kindness. Uh, and sharing with people, um, as much as him and I just happen to reflect the same values of that. And it, and it was kind of the same experience as like when he brings in his collection to the lounge, um, you know, and people get to try things that otherwise they would absolutely never in a million years have the chance to try. You know, okay. he brought in, he brought in the big wooden display of like a 95 OFC, um, in a couple weeks ago um these imported still uh tequilas um just straight out of the still um just these really unique things you know he brought in what uh, you know him and i cracked open for his birthday years ago uh glenn morangi pride uh it's oh, a four, yeah yeah that yeah, yeah. <laughs> thousand dollars a pour at a bar uh we've got one bar in chattanooga that has a bottle of it um, whiskey thief and, yeah yeah and it, it it starts at a thousand a pour and we we cracked that open for his birthday and then he got the bottle and and took it home and you know him bringing that in and and people getting to try stuff like that it's like you know but it, you know it's not just bourbon that's why i love that bourbon and the cigars kind of go hand in hand together because it's like i you know i can do that with cigars where you know we've got a few members at the lounge that are, are, are nice guys, but they, they maybe work uh, a career that doesn't facilitate, you know, smoking a 30, $40 stick. And I have the ability to kind of, you know, okay, here you go. Enjoy this happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever it may be. And it's just, that's kind of the cool thing about them being able to get things like that um, and try them that otherwise, you know, it, it would be worthless. You know, that's, it goes back to like what I said, you know, again, kind of parlaying in the video. It, it's, um, you know, I, I enjoy burning my candles at both ends to shine light on others. You know, I, I want, you know, money's worthless to me. Um, I don't, I don't value high end things. I don't value sports cars. I, I drive an, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I make more than anyone in my family and I drive an 08 Saturn that I was able to get cash. Um, it's, but it, it, it works fine for me. It, it gets me A to B and it, because of that mindset, it gives me that ability to do things like that with bourbons or cigars or, you know, I, I just, a, a real good friend of mine at the lounge, Show Hill, 
um, it's I was able to lock down a pair of shoes for him as a gift and that he couldn't get. And just little things like that are just the, the coolest thing to me. Um, and, and it's just, it, it's always uncomfortable when I do it because, you know, like, for example, like bringing in the bourbon, like then it was one of those things where everyone wanted to like incessantly thank me. And I'm like, can we stop? Like, <laughs> I don't, it makes me very uncomfortable to be overly thanked or uh, complimented. And I'm like, look, guys, like it's, I, I'd rather a $20 bottle here than a $1,000 bottle alone at home. Yeah, no, I, I, I get, I understand that. Um, I mean, it's like, it, it made me think of, it, I started this podcast. It may have been before we started recording or whatever, but like my brain is fucking weird in mm-hmm. regards to like, I could think about one thing and it makes me think of uh, about a like fucking Barney. Yeah. You know? So, um, <laughs> so, I was gonna say, you're, you're hitting home for Stacy when I get into a tangent. We were up <laughs> till 4 a.m. last night because I just got on some tirade about the birthday party and seeing everyone and my coach locked down my opponent for October for my fight and just all that stuff. And I, yeah, we were up for, we were probably at the table from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Just me ranting from that's, every thought. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. We'll get yeah. to, we'll get to that, to that in a second. And um, I fucking forgot what I was going to talk about. That's how my brain works, guys. <laughs> so, Stacey says you need a notepad. <laughs> She's I dealt fucking, with me too many I, times. Oh, I fucking do, man. Um, what the fuck? Are, so you were talking about whiskey, but like I can't remember what the fuck we were talking about. Uh, the OFC. What was it, Stacey? A $20 bottle here or at the lounge versus a $1,000 bottle alone. I don't know. Anyway, um, I can't fucking remember. But. <laughs> That's all right. I, I I do all those reflection videos with no practice. I, just, <laughs> I start rolling and I'm just like, well, fuck it. We'll figure it well, out. Well, dude, that's like, I feel like if I'm doing something that's very structured, I feel very like ro- fucking yeah. robotic and I can't be myself. I don't want to, I don't want to not be myself. Yeah. Well, it you removes know? the approachability. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, um, God, you know what? Fuck. I can't remember what I was going to say. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I was going to say, I can name all uh, anything that would involve me, boxing, photography, bodybuilding, Bourbon cigars. I don't know. Mental oh, illness. <laughs> my my life's my my brain's weird. So I did want to ask you because I wanted to start doing this because yeah. I know you brought you brought up psilocybin. Yes. So um, now psilocybin is pretty much like the it's like what THC is to weed, correct? Yes. So, essentially, yeah. Okay. It, so it binds the your serotonin receptors. Okay. So. I would love to take the time to uh, consume some psilocybin and mm-hmm. I like one, I, I have a very, um, you know, I struggle with anxiety quite a bit. And, yes. Um, you know, I'll bite my nails. I'll do just I'll, my, like, I'll be driving home from work and mm-hmm. like, it'll just fucking, it'll hit me like that. And I'm like, yeah. what is wrong with me? You know, and um, I would love to take the time to do that. So, like, what what was your what was your experience like? Your your mindset prior to actually taking it, and then actually taking it. Uh, I would say prior to it, it's just kind of one of those like um, as 
sad or depressing as it may sound to somebody uh, with the wrong mindset. It was just kind of that last ditch effort. Okay. Where it was like, you know, I've, I've got to figure this out. Like I cannot keep, you know, and, and I, I can't, keep, we were, we were joking last night. My success last night was the fact that realistically I had two ounces of liquor on my birthday. Okay. Um, I've, I've had a pretty, uh, repeated history of drinking problems. Um, and I, I, it was just kind of that last ditch effort of like, I can't keep drinking like this. I can't keep going down this road. You know, I can't keep being miserable like this. I can't continue to be someone who has everything at their fingertips and is still miserable. Like that's not, that's not good. That's not healthy. Um, that's not a way. I can't even say that's not a way to go through life because it's not living. It's just going to the next day. And it got to that point where when like chunks of time would just not be in my mind, like hours, days, weeks would almost just disappear. Like I hadn't lived them. And it was just kind of that last ditch of like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot and hopefully this works. And I've been very fortunate enough to, you know, one of my closest friends is a, is a neuroscientist and, he understands everything that comes with it, good and bad. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked to enough people, um, that are, you know, whether it be like shamans or things like that, that say like, look, this is not for everyone. Like there is the potential that, you know, with something like this, you don't come out of it. Um, and, but it was just one of those things where when you're at that last point where it's like, all right, like I got to try. It's like, you know, it, it's as bad as it seems and as much of a risk as there may be. It's like, I got to give it a shot. And it was just, it, it was just one of those things where it's like, if you've ever been just tired, just not sleepy, not physically beat up, just you are just fucking tired of living. And not like in a, not in this constant, like, I'm going to blow my head off way. But just this, like, you wake up and it's just like, God, this again. And then you get, you know, an hour into your day and it's like, wait a minute. The best part of my day is the fact that I get to have a hot cup of coffee. And, like, for me, that was so unacceptable, especially to be someone who has built a very beautiful life. Um, everyone, you know, knows I, I don't. I don't put much stress on possessions, but the ability to have essentially anything I could desire. Um, you know, I, I've built a beautiful support system around me. My girlfriend's awesome. You know, my, my parents have come around after a few years of photography and really fucking support me. You know, they're, they're genuinely some of my biggest fans and it's just to have all that on top of in my field to be by many considered the greatest to ever do what I do. It's, it was absolutely unacceptable to me to then on a daily basis, be like, God, I've got to do this shit again. And it just, I've always loved what I do, but I've just now started loving life. And it was just, yeah, it was just, it was the life, the, you know, the life jacket. It was, you know, this may work, this may not, but I, I got to give it a shot. I got to try. And it was just, 
yeah, it's it really is groundbreaking. And I mean, there's a reason they're currently on the route to legalizing it federally for medicine. Um, you know, they've seen what it does. They they've literally shown 100% studies um, as far as efficacy goes for PTSD for veterans, for depression, for mental illness patients, for anxiety. Like it, it really is. Like as much as I hate, I'm not a hippie. <laughs> I should specify that I'm not a hippie. But it's one of those things where it is funny to watch these things that are natural substances um, be essentially fixing the problems that day-to-day -day, um, medicine and pharmaceuticals are causing and just the stress of life and things like that. It's funny to watch them be stopped by something that, you know, just grows off a tree. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. But, no, it, it's just one of those things. And I always preface it with, you know, it's not for everyone, um, but it was 100% for me. Okay. So that, that's fucking phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to, to do that because yeah. that's, again, something that I've been thinking about doing. And yeah. I would, I am very curious as far as like, okay, so what was your mental state prior to using it? Mm -hmm. And did it enhance certain aspects of your life in regards to like how you perceive yes. what is it, what it is that you're doing in life? Yeah, a hundred percent. It um I mean prior it was just one of those things again where it was like it was like, okay, I know the risk of this. I know there's the potential of, there's a thing called waiting in the lobby where whether it be that, whether it be, you know, things that are, are, are more, um, ancient, uh, medicines like, uh, dimethyltryptamine. If you've ever listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, you know all about it. Yes. Um, things like that. Well, what happens is if you're in a bad, uh, if you're having a bad mental state going into it. Uh, or you try to fight it, uh, you get this thing called stuck in the waiting room or stuck in the lobby, sometimes people call it. And basically what it is, is you're just in limbo. But during those, you know, those, those experiences, obviously, you know, we, we all know Einstein proved that time is not real. Time is completely a, con a, a construct that's relative based around your gravity, where you're at on the earth, what's going on, time's not real. So obviously, even though it, it realistically is only 30 minutes that's fucked, it, it feels like a lifetime and things like that. So I, it, a lot of it was that, like, I knew I know the risks, but I'm giving this a shot now. I don't care. It, it was that, you know, I'm scared of heights, so I skydive type thing. Okay. And then, um, yes, and, and that's a very good input there. Um, is that like one of the biggest things I, I had, you know, learned over time about it is that if you do have mental health issues, uh, you want to make sure you haven't had any depressive bouts in, or anxious bouts, uh, within two weeks before it, because that's usually what puts you in the waiting room. And, um, and, that, and that's the whole reason I kind of brought, I'm not, I'm not going to say I've had like super depressive thoughts, but like, right. you know, you, you know, you have that, um, like that an intrusive thing, thought. Yeah, you have that thing inside your head that's like saying, like, do this, do that, or whatever. Yeah. So, like, that, that that was the whole reason I brought it up was because, like, if you have been kind of like in a bad space, if you will, yes. 
Like, is it is it okay to do that? Probably not. No. You know, so. And that was the thing is like, it realistically was probably six months later than I planned originally okay. because I wanted to wait and make sure like, okay, this has been, you know, and I, I took it a little longer. I think it was probably three, four weeks before I, had, that I had had any negative thoughts. Um, and then it was just like, okay, like it's time. Yeah. And there, there is the anxiety of it. There is that fear. Um, but it's kind of, you know, it's like, uh, if you've ever floated in a pool, how it's like, you just have to trust and relax and just let go for you to float. If you fight even a little bit, you're going to sink. So there, there, there was a lot of that. And then it, um, funny enough, it was one specific thought I had during that it was, it was over. It just, it changed life. And I, um, I was sitting on my patio and I have a bird bath in my backyard and there were some overgrown patches of grass around it. And I was just sitting on the ground and then just out loud, I just go, I'm not bigger than this grass. And it's the most like Jeff Spicoli fast times at Ridgemont high, just out of my mind statement. But I was just like, I'm not much bigger than this grass. I was like, you know, I've, we walk around our whole lives and we, we see animals and we see dogs and we see, you know, cats and trees and grass. And they're so insignificant to us if it's not our dog. And, and they're just so, it, it's not, it's not that we're disregarding them. It's just that we don't actively think like we're no more important than them. Even, you know, I, I've said for a while, like the most insignificant thing, bumblebees. This world will be fine if humans die. This world will not be fine if bumblebees die. That's an mm -hmm. insane thought. Yeah. So it just all hit me like, wait a minute. Like, okay. And then it hit me like, okay, I'm no more significant than that. So. Why do I have an ego about the things that have happened to me in my life? Why do I overblow them as if something bad happened to me was some groundbreaking event in the world? And then it hit me. And then the big thing was, oh, that's why I drank the way I did. That's why I did all the things I did. That's why I was miserable all the time. That's why I hurt people the way I did. It all just made sense in an incredibly short frame of time. And then even after weeks, months after, it's just everything. It's like I said, like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I love the way sun feels on my skin now. The first in the morning when there's that little crisp air and then the sun hits you and you feel almost like that, almost like a crackle. Like when you lay down on a beach, like it's like a sizzle. It's like, I love that feeling and I love the sound of rain bouncing off the pavement. And, you know, I, I love the wind going through the trees and it's just, it, it doesn't require me being uh, under the influence of anything. It, it's just, it makes me realize how insignificant I am. And that to me is real power because once you remove your ego, Feel, knowing that we're all specks of sand is one of the most like liberating things we can have because then we know we have the freedom to do what we want to do and it not change the world in a negative way. It's 
So what if we fuck up a year? Oh no, we, we've got more of them. So it just kind of gave me that freedom to really love, not, not what I do as I already love that, but to really love just life. To, to you know, it, it made me love the people around me more. It made me love me, um, which is fucking very foreign. Um, I've always said, you know, it's I, I don't have any ego. If anything, I'm by far the hardest person in the world on me. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure Stacy hates it sometimes because I will talk just insane shit to myself. <laughs> it's it's just how I was raised. So it um, it helped me get over all of that fear of. Am I not good enough? You know, am, is this all there is to life? It helped me get over questions. You know, like I talked about, like when I lost my brother when I was 20, like it helped me get over the constant question that I had had for a decade of why him, not me. Like it helped me get over that. It, it helped me get over issues that I'd had from my young age. It, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things where the only thing like the the easiest way I think I've been able to explain it to anyone is it it made me a kid again. It it really did. I I chuckle, I laugh, I smile. Um, I'm goofy as shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm unguarded. Like I'm I'm not. It's you know lighthearted. It's I. It's one of those things where it just it literally it it made me what I was when I was 11 years old, and I thought you know life was going to be sunshine i fucking love that yeah nah. so it it makes me be more confident in like my thought process building up to actually like do it because that's yes. something i'm going to do at some right. point so it's it's fucking awesome i don't i don't, I don't really know what else to say but yeah it, it really yeah. is and it's again it's one of those weird things where it's like you know it's it's not like water you can't just say like, yeah, this is great for me. It's great for you. It's great for everybody. You know, it, it's, it, it's not universal. And, and that's the thing. Like I've always said, like it, it also has to be someone, you know, willing to accept like insignificance. Yeah. And that's fine for me. Um, I've never been, thank you, dear. <laughs> I'm getting a refill here. I feel like a celebrity now. Get it, son. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, it just, it, that's literally the best possible way to, to explain it is like, if you're someone who never really got a childhood in a certain sense of innocence or, you know, freedom or getting to do things, you know, and, and become who you wanted to be, uh, it allows you to do that. And it, it, it really shines a light on what you've accomplished and it makes you realize that your accomplishments are much larger than you probably credit them for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah sure. it's great. So this, this is going to be a very broad question. Yeah. Um, but so with everything that we've talked about, mm -hmm. that is a culmination of like everything that you are now. So, and photography is your fucking shit, obviously. And so, like, what it, what is your inspiration to go to these, for everyone that does not know, your uh, photography is more more geared towards, like, bodybuilding. Obviously, yes. you, do, you do more than, like, 
bodybuilding. I've seen you do stuff for like Slipknot. Um, yeah. Concert you know, is my best work. Make no mistake. It's just not my most known work. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and like Dropkick Murphys, you know, people yes. such as those people. So, but like, what is your inspiration for all of that stuff? Like, wh- why, why do you go to take pictures of bodybuilders? Slipped so and stuff, people like that so well i mean the the bodybuilding one is always really easy to explain to people years ago um after jeremy died um i was playing college baseball at the time out in oklahoma and uh my grandmother had passed away um august today actually makes 10 years so august 21st january 19th so almost five months to the day uh, before that, my grandmother had passed away. So my mom had just lost her mom. You know, I, I had just lost Jeremy and I moved home, uh, just very lost uh, and just kind of wanted to be with family. And I had to have structure because my entire life, like when I was young, my dad built a batting cage in our garage. Like I, I was constantly pushed to be better at everything, school, knowledge, uh, baseball. Whatever it was, I was constantly pushed to be better. I was in theater, choir. Uh, I was on the academic team. I was on the baseball team. Um, you know, just all these things that it, it was just, I was, I was raised very like good enough is not good enough. Um, and it was one of those things where like, I lost my train of thought. Join the club. Thank you. Bodybuilding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So I came home um, and I needed structure in my life because I'm one that like, it's uh, what, what's that old saying? An idle mind is the devil's playground or whatever. Um, I'm very much like, I would rather work myself to death um, than just have nothing to do. Like even I've said for a while, I could have hit that billion dollar lottery. I would have bought a wooden sailboat and learned to sell. Like I, I have to learn. I, we were, we were joking earlier today. Like I I'm one of those insufferable people that like, I can't learn a little bit about something. I have to learn everything about everything. My favorite TV show since I was a kid is jeopardy. I am so full of useless bullshit that I can spit off at any given time. I was joking around. We've got a burger joint here in town, uh, that does trivia on Monday nights. And I'm like, I'm going to go in there and fuck a lot of people's Mondays up. Wait, 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 what, what, what is it? What burger joint? Um, what's that called? Stacked burger. I fucking love stack. Yeah, down by the lounge. Yeah, they do but- Monday Mondays at seven p.m. They have uh, they have trivia, and I don't have any brake pedals. Like I'll I'll demolish a six year old at basketball. I don't care. Like there's <laughs> no I'm not letting you. Like there's no sympathy here. Board games. I will ruin a family vacation over Monopoly. Okay. Like we're not. So I, I just, I have to have something. I have to have a regimented structure to do. So I needed to find something. And uh, a little bit before that, I had actually seen a picture of an extremely famous bodybuilder at the time named Jay Cutler. Funny enough, he's become a good friend of mine. And it's by many people considered the greatest bodybuilding photo of all time. It's called the quad stomp. Yeah. And I had seen it and growing up a pro wrestling fan, I was obsessed with this ability to just become Jack. And like up until that point, like the rock was the biggest fucking human on the planet to me. Like physically, I was just like, that dude is built like Thanos. Like it does not get bigger. 
And then I see this picture of Jay Cutler who makes The Rock look like a child. And I'm just like, and I didn't have the usual reaction of everyone that's just like, uh, I had that like, what in the fuck is that? That is so fucking cool. I want to be that. So then I got into bodybuilding and, and for about two years, three years, I just, I dedicated everything. It, it was just to doing it. And I competed a couple times. I was dog shit at it. And, um, I, I stopped competing i got a uh a job working corporate for la fitness and which they've now gone out of business which is funny sorry guys and uh i just i i knew that wasn't fulfilling to me um i knew that my life should not revolve around numbers the way it did um or a lack of time to myself um, and then just like the overall corporate greed, it was my first time dealing with real corporate greed, um, was just insane to me, like being told to lie to people and just charge their card anyway. And if they don't see it, they don't see it like shit like that was just bananas to me. And there was one day I pulled and I had gotten a camera to, uh, take photos of my, my family on family vacation, probably four or five months before. And uh, I pulled into the parking lot one day on my motorcycle and I took my helmet off and I just like out of nowhere, if you've ever gotten like intrusive thoughts that aren't negative, they're just intrusive. They just kind of come out of nowhere. And uh, it was just immediately, I, my brain just got hit with like, dude, Jeremy would be so fucking disappointed that you are this miserable and still doing it. And I waved to my front desk worker uh, her, her name was Christina. She she still follows my main page. Sorry, and uh, I, I I waved to her at the front desk. I put my motorcycle helmet back on and I left. I didn't say a word. I didn't give a two weeks notice, and I essentially blackballed myself from ever getting a job again. <laughs> and uh, so that kind of made it one of those things where I was like, "Yeah, dude, you've kind of really got to go all in with this photo thing." And uh, already being in the bodybuilding industry helped. And at the time, I'm living in Lexington, Kentucky, and there's uh, two guys uh, that really started my career and gave me a shot. Um, one of them now is arguably the best coach in the industry. His name's Matt Jansen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, Dallas McCarver. And uh, Dallas was about four weeks out of Olympia that year, um, which for those of you that do not know, Mr. Olympia is the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. Uh, it is the end-all, be-all. And, uh, so I, I, I was at a show and we had already met, um, and we had gone out to eat and I was just like, Hey, like, you know, I, I hate to fucking bother. I know y'all are close to the show. Uh, would you mind if I just tagged along and took some pictures with my new camera? Um, I had just gotten a new camera and, uh, they were like, no, nah, man, absolutely. Tag along. Just don't get in the way. So that's fine. I, I shoot like a fly on the wall anyway. And, uh, they let me. And Dallas was at a point in his career where when you start with that, it's like you kind of go to the top immediately. Uh, there was no, there was no buildup. There was no anything. Um, people started knowing my name, um, which in this industry, uh, it was pros knowing me, which pros are a very small percentage of the industry. Um, so I still wasn't making money. 
or, or at least I wasn't making more than what I had to to upkeep. You know, I, I slept in my car for the majority of the first 18 months, probably. Um, at shows like on the on the weekends and things like that, I couldn't afford hotels. I couldn't afford much of anything. You know, I, I joked around. You know, one of the final trips that was really hard was 2018. Uh, I went to Vancouver actually uh, for an event, and I came home and I had it was like a 31 hour travel um, because it was like it was Vancouver to uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Winnipeg, Manitoba to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to atlanta atlanta to cincinnati ohio and i had that day and i did not eat that day that for that 31 hours because i couldn't afford to get food at the airport um so it was just one of those things sorry stacy's over here patting herself on the back about me not telling her and being too big to tell her and um so i just uh it, it was one of those things where it was um when I started going to the shows and taking photos and seeing the way it made people smile and seeing the way it made people feel, I didn't give a fuck about the praise. I still don't. I don't, I don't, I don't need people to tell me I'm the best at what I do. I want them to tell me that my work makes them feel like the best. And it was the first thing I ever did that made me feel like I deserve to be alive. And I just, I, I was joking around with my buddy who's the head of media for the entire organization of bodybuilding. And he was asking, like, you know, how, how'd you do it? I was like, I was too fucking stupid to quit. Like, that was it. I should have. Logic would have told you to. I was just too much of a fucking idiot to stop doing it. And from there, I was very fortunate to build my income and my following and my career. Uh, to the point where then, um, you know, I was lucky. The concert stuff started with a, a friend of mine is a drummer for a successful rock band out of Nashville called Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Um, and he got me into my first concert to shoot. Um, and then it just kind of parlayed from there. And then it got to the point where people started seeing like, oh, this is very, these are different types of shots and people started seeing my work with a band called dirty honey who i do a lot of all access work for when i can when i'm not on the road um and people were like okay this is really different and then they saw my work with gary clark jr uh and then people started to read my writing um on my concert reviews and then when people started seeing like when you i i don't know if you've been to my website um but my cover photo is a photo of Corey taylor screaming with the flame I have yes, I I've, yeah. I've, I've been to your website, yeah. So it's uh when people see like a photo like that, and then they see my main page that I'll message them from with a hundred plus thousand followers, that tends to kind of like, oh, this isn't just some eighteen year old with the camera, like this this guy really does this, um, and that opens a lot of doors. And again, you know, I've joked around like, yes, use me for exposure, please. Please, uh, please value me for that follower account. As long as it means I get to shoot my favorite bands, please. Um, you know, but it, it's gotten me so many bucket list things. You know, I got to shoot Angels and Airwaves, who the lead singer is Tom DeLong from Blink-182. Oh, fuck. That's so fucking... I was listening to them yeah. earlier. <laughs> I, I grew up on... That's... My, my older brother's my hero. And Blink-182 is his favorite band. It's what I was raised on. It, it's one of only three bands I have on my phone. So to get to shoot angels and airwaves, and I actually, I've got a printed photo of Tom on my wall from the concert 
Um, you know, uh, I, I've got one wall of my office over here is all concert work. Um, and then all over here is the bodybuilding stuff. And back here will be the personal work. But yeah, I've got Gary Clark Jr., the Black Crows, Miles Kennedy, Jelly Roll, Dirty Honey, Man Called Joyce Wolf, Dropkick Murphy, Slipknot, Angels and Airwaves. Um, you know, and it's, I, I never realized how cool that is until I sit down and realize, like, I'm still really fucking young. Yeah. And then I realized, you know, we joked yesterday, that's the surrealness of life at this point to me is like my success has been four years and don't get me wrong. It's, you know, closer to a decade in the making realistically took off. I mean, not even four, three Arnold 19, probably. Yeah. Three years ago, March of 19 was when it really just was like, yeah, we're going to another level here. And it's just, it, it's, it, it's the coolest thing. So a lot of, you know, getting into shooting those things was just, I, I genuinely am passionate about them. Bodybuilding, I did it. I know what it takes to get there. And it's just this immense level of respect for what it, your body has to be put through and what your mind has to be put through to get to that point. It's why I love shooting boxing. You know, it, it's just, it's, it's a different breed of person willing to deal with punishment just for what they enjoy. So it's just, and, and if I could make every industry as passionate as musicians are, I'd shoot everything. You know, if I can make, I don't know, if I can make fashion models as passionate about fashion modeling as, as Corey Taylor is about singing, that would probably be entertaining to shoot too. But no, nah, it's, uh, it, it's been a, been a, yeah, about a decade now in the making for the bodybuilding stuff. Dude, just keep fucking doing what you're doing. It's so fucking cool, man. Thank you, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's fucking cool as shit. It, it's been a long ride, and it's, um yeah, it's it's nuts when I look through and see, like, and just do a, just a short reflection, like, oh, shit, I've done a lot. Like, this has been, and the biggest thing I always hang my hat on is when people that haven't seen me in a long time that knew me from before photography are just like, you're the same fucking guy. I'm like yeah of course i am yeah i'm just happier and that that that's where the whole you know you know i'm not changing the world thing comes into play like i, I make my money pressing a button it, it's you know i i'm i'm still me you know i joke around my my parents gave me shit their first year i brought them up to the arnold classic in ohio and they're like we had to wait in line to talk to our own son and they were just joking, like, we don't get it. Like, it's just Will. And I was like, I know. It's weird to me, too. Like, I'm, I'm just Will. At the, at the end of the day, as long as you're fulfilled and you're happy, that's all that yep. fucking matters, man. Exactly. And it's, you know, I'm able, on top of that, you know, for my, for my own reasons there, it's like for external reasons, I'm able to help people. Like you said, talking about mental illness and everything under the sun it, it's it's beautiful to me it really is it took it took me a second to kind of understand what you were talking about in regards to like burning your candle at both ends but yeah. I, I totally understand that now it's like if you're like that's that's kind of what makes me happy as well as like if if i don't see like my fiance or you know other people just in general happy in life it's like yeah I mean, is this shit fucking worth it? You know? So, yeah. well, wealth is only worth something if you're sharing in it. Exactly. It's, you know, imagine being the only billionaire 
in the world. That'd be so fucking lonely. Yeah. Like, and that would be depressing. So it's just, that's always been my biggest thing is like my, my success is my ability to share in my success. It's, it's not what I do for myself. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Brother, I, I appreciate you getting on. Everything that you're doing is fucking phenomenal. So if anybody that's watching and listening want to use your services, how exactly would they do that? Uh, so if you go to my website, WhitmanPhoto.com, it is spelled, subtract that first uh, W right down there on my name. Uh, no H, two T's, two N's. I know it's a horrible fucking spelling. People in our family spell it differently. Uh, but go to WhitmanPhoto.com. Don't type in www, just WhitmanPhoto.com. It'll take you straight to my website um, on there. Uh, if you're looking for prints of photos I have, I have all my available sizes uh, as well as the prices for each size uh, that extends to any of my photographs except for photos of Dallas McCarver. Um, that is any of my bodybuilding work. That's any of my concert work. That's my landscape work, et cetera. Uh, my combat work, anything of the sort. Um, feel free to go to my website. You will have a link to email me directly uh, and it will come through as an inquiry. Um, I will let you know ahead of time, I receive quite a few inquiries, so it does take a little bit of time for me to get back to messages and emails and things like that. Um, but feel free to shoot an email and I assure you, I do not miss them ever. It just might take a little bit. Y'all heard it here until next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.